Hi, I'm Bree. I'm Lynn. I'm Vicky. And we're and we're telling on ourselves. We're coming to you straight from Zoom, so there's a little bit of delay. We still are in that uh, learning curve of trying not to talk over each other. Zigga, zigga, zoom, zigga, zoom, zoom, zoom. (laughs) And we can't Um, feel each other's direct energy from sitting right next to each other. I agree. Um, I think it's kind of cool how Zoom has become a verb like Google. It's already in our lexicon. Yep. Are you going to Zoom today? Are we going to Zoom I was editing last week and the amount of times I said, like, I wanted to kill myself. I it was so uncomfortable. So I'm grateful I did the editing last week so I could be mindful of my likes. So we should do this every time we say like, or something like that. No, like you could put your thumbs up. Like, just like that. <laughs> like, um, Did I just say like... <laughs> And it's funny, Vicki, I've noticed with you before, and I remember one time saying something to Pax, and he explained why they use like so much. And I'm like, oh, it's because Vicky's around him all the time. That's why she does it. Probably. Yeah. All right. So, well, today's episode, do you have Definition Corner, Lynn? I do. Ooh, so it's about faith and commitment, and it's the last principle that we didn't cover since we were abruptly uh, changed yep. into a new uh, world. But it's faith and commitment, which is probably very apropos. It is. And that's the first step, right? Sure. So I think it's step three. Three. Sorry. I knew that. Okay. Um, so I just did a definition for... Um, <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> no, I- <laughs> Okay, there's my first thought wrong. <laughs> okay, so I did a definition for faith. Um, okay. And I really liked it. It, it. it was good. It is the confidence or trust in a person or thing, a belief that is not based on proof. And if ever we needed some faith, it's right now. What's your faith level in all of this that's going on? Let's do a faith check-in. I can say that okay. mine is really high. And I, it's funny, I've been having this thought, and I've actually talked to a few people about it, that the world needed a reset button. And this is pretty extreme, it's pretty harsh, but I really do feel like that's what's happening, is this is a giant reset. I agree. So your your faith is high, we're going to come out of the reset, all will be well. It's this isn't going to change it's, anything drastically. Right. It's for me, it starts globally and I'm using it locally. You know, that think global, act local. That's exactly local is me inside me. And that's kind of where I am with it. And I have a lot of peace about that. I don't have a lot of anxiety. Good. Yeah. I'd say my faith level is pretty high too right now. I actually, I'm, I'm not overly concerned and I keep seeing, you know, um, the, uh, quote, this too shall pass. I've seen it a couple times and not on social media. Um, I was, oh, I can't even remember where I was now. It must have been the grocery store because that's really the only place I've been. And something said that. Um, So yeah, I feel pretty, like the angels are telling me all is well. All is well. My faith check is um, medium. I'm medium. 
over medium. Um, there are some days when I'm completely <laughs> into it and I trust and I'm not sucked into the fear and the hype and all that stuff. And then there are other days where, you know, I, I get scared. I get scared. And it's, um, you know, I watched this really touching video um, a couple days ago for, from a nurse that works in, and with some of the people that are in the hospital that are actually dying. And, um, it was heartbreaking and it was scary. And then I woke up in the middle of the night because of that video. This is why I don't watch the news people. But then I woke up in the middle of the night because of that. And then, then I was like scrolling and I saw this article by this emergency room doctor in New York City. And I was even more frightened. And, um, you know, until I got to a, a, a meeting the next day and got right-sized, I was out of faith. But then I got back into it. Like, I think I said it. Um, I think that higher power has me doing all this stuff so that I don't get caught up in all that jazz, but it is very easy for me to catastrophize and to go there and to, uh, yeah. So my faith is medium. Um, it's interesting. Uh, two words that jumped out when you were talking to me, the first was trust and we have to trust that things are going to work out. Like, like we always know, we know that they're not going to work out the way we think or we hope or we expect but they're going to work out for our best. And the other thing that you were talking about was um, fear. And I do have those glimpses, those little fear things that'll jump up and kind of smack me in the face. And I can feel myself starting that spiral. And I've been, I've just been really good at cutting it off. Um, I know the facts that I know, and I try to stay educated and formed without being on there too much. And my thank God that I have to go to work because otherwise I don't know what that would look like. But because I am able to leave the house for X amount of hours and do something that is in my comfort zone, gives me comfort, gives me peace. I'm able to let go of that stuff for a little bit. So then when I come home, I've got all these normal things that I need to take care of with life. And so I'm not, I'm not given a lot of idle time. Yeah. And when I was going down the Reddit rabbit hole, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think I talked about it last week. That was like a learning lesson for, I, I learned from that. I don't want to be there. I don't want to get into that headspace. So I think now what I try to do is I check in once a day just to see what happened the day before, just to see what's going on. I type Mm-hmm. type it into Google, take a look at it, and then I close it. And then that's that's what it was for the day. I used to sit there and watch like the governor's um, the governor's press conference every day and then Trump's and then, you know, so on and so forth. And like, no, I got to stop this. I'm going into crazy land. Yeah, I think I mentioned before, um, Linda and I here at the house don't watch normal TV. She watches things that she's recorded. I pretty much only stream. So I was already out of the habit of not even knowing what time local news came on or what time the other stuff was happening. So it's not a thing for me, thank goodness, because I used to be that every day had to watch local news, had to know what was going on. And, you know, that was all, now I understand part of my control and I needed that because of my anxiety. And I've, I've, thank goodness I've gotten past that. So I'm not hung up every day on 
needing to see the news. <laughs> well, speaking of control and anxiety, isn't that what the third step that like that ties right into the third step of, okay, who's in control. And when I'm out of control, what do I feel? Usually it's anxiety or anger or fear. And so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that you had mentioned that. And that is exactly what three, three is, is turning all that over yeah, and basically saying I'm not in control. And I don't even know, do you have to be okay with it or do you just have to you just have to make a decision yeah. to trust that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I always go back to the simplest explanation that I was given was on the Joe and Charlie um, explanation of, um, so the step is made a decision to um, give our will in our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Um, and your will is your thoughts in your life are your actions. So when that was explained to me, that was so much easier to understand because that way, kind of like, here I said it, that way, Lynn, what you were saying earlier about when it happens, you, you just stop your, stop that train. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing I learned in life coaching school. <laughs> that sounds funny. But there's a thing I've learned in life coaching school and, and it's called put a period on it. Basically what it is, you have this thought and it could be negative. You're going to have it, you put a period on it, and then you start a new sentence. So for example, I'll always use the spilling thing, right? For example, I say, I am clumsy, period, in my head. Like, okay, period. I'm working on having more balance in my life, right? So, so the point is that that's what step three is. And we have to continue, in my mind, I have to continuously, 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 continuously. And right now, just like right now is reminds me of early recovery for everyone. I'm watching the world, right? I'm in these meetings all day, every day with people in the world. And some people are very calm and cool and, you know, whatever. But what I will tell you is a lot of us are just getting back to basics and going to meetings every day again. And it's, for me, keeps me in this faith piece. And I was talking to, um, someone in the program. And I said, I don't really pray right now or meditate like I used to in my daily routine. But what I do is I'm in the rooms. So I'm getting that connection of higher power through other people and through the text and through whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm, I'm engaging in energetically. So I think that that's I think my connection when I have the connection is strong, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think that when I'm not doing it, there's just so, it's so intense on both levels, right? That's all. It is intense on both levels. I just worked this step last week with my sponsor. Yet all week this week, I have not been turning my will over my thoughts and my actions. 
I have been, and this is probably would be a good first thought wrong. I am very stuck in a lot of like anger and I'm just so, I'm so testy, you know, I'm so quick tempered. And that's especially with Dave and only, well, pretty much only with Dave because he is the only one here and we're living on top of each other right now, like all the time. Um, and I, I, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't think I have like fear or anything like that. That's manifesting into like, you know, testiness towards him. I think I just, I'm going back to like wanting to control things, right? Like I want him to do things a certain way and I want to, I want to do something a certain way. And in a relationship you compromise and I'm like not, Spirit, I do, I do not feel super, super spiritually fit. Although I have a lot of faith that we're going to get out of this, I, I guess I don't feel, and it, it, it does, it, it wanes. Like Vicky, you said, you're either like, it's super good or it's super bad. Like, I want to find that balance. Like, I don't always want it to be like, oh, amazing. I'm doing so well right now. Or, oh, this is shit. You know, I want to, I want some semblance of balance. Um, and after Vicky uh, pointed out, what that really means in step three about turning your will in life. And I was saying, oh yeah, I'm I'm at a high level of faith. When I think about turning my thoughts and my actions, of course it's not a high level because we're not perfect. So I do need to, uh, to, to um, take back my earlier statement and say that certain. Are aspects, you over medium too? Are you over medium too? I think I'm over medium because, you know, I want to say that um, I am striving to have faith. And I feel like I'm being pretty good about uh, staying on top of my emotions, my thoughts. And when I feel it, see it, hear it, I can reel it back in. But I mean, that's what we always work on. We're working on progress. We're not trying to be perfect because we can't be. And um, when Vicki Brie was talking about things she's struggling with this week, I've been struggling with resentments because uh, work stuff. It's so, and it's so silly. I am so grateful and so thankful that I am, have the opportunity to work and get paid because a lot of people don't. And let me say that from the beginning, every time I have the resentful thoughts, I remind myself of that, but I still have the resentful thoughts. And it was a silly thing this week about us going over our schedules and the other people that are in the office are working three days a week and uh, we're trying to stagger it. So all of us aren't there at the same time. And then she looked at me and she goes, Oh, well you have to be here four days. Don't you? Because of um, we're doing a new program of curbside pickup. And I'm like, yeah, why am I the only one that has to do four days? You know, immediately that was my nature. <laughs> so my, my thoughts are certainly not at the, the nowhere near the perfect level. It's interesting how I feel like this situation is giving us all opportunity to practice step three, like, like a boss. And <laughs> so I, I just grabbed the little red book. It's funny that you said practice. So can I read it? Mm-hmm. What step three says? Step three identifies the spiritual illness of alcoholism and suggests a simple, effective remedy. Success with this or other steps is not a matter of chance, but of right thought and motive practiced daily. So it doesn't mean practiced perfectly. It doesn't mean practiced all the freaking time, all day long. It just means right thought and motive practiced 
at least once a day. <laughs> That's how I read that. <laughs> it's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm brushing my teeth with the third step prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, but that's funny. It's actually a good analogy because the other part of the principle, the other word, which we really didn't remember, but it was commitment. And so talk about being able to practice the commitment to the program right now and how you, is brushing your teeth a commitment? I mean, it's not like a commitment, like it's in your schedule. It's my commitment, but it's like, yeah, you commit to brushing your teeth twice a day, at least I hope, you know, once, hopefully for some people, but it is, it's something you, you do, but I don't know. Can you practice brushing your teeth? Like, do you get better at it over time? I don't know. Well, I think, I think I do it perfectly. I don't know about you. I've, I'm practiced. Your teeth and I are very white. I would say you do have amazing teeth. Lack of smoking helps with that. <laughs> um, for me, practice says that I am doing the action, always striving to be better at it. That's what practice means to me. Agreed. So where am I on the screen in your picture, Brie? All the way to the right. I'm all the way to the right, like so closest to this side, the the no, right side of your computer. Right. And then what about you, Lynn? Where are where your um, stage I right? I'm looking at you on the left, but your stage right. Okay. So Bree is is um on the left and Lynn is on the bottom. I just found it interesting because I saw you look somewhere and I thought I couldn't tell who you were looking at, Brie. <laughs> this Adventures in Zoom is fun. <laughs> Adventures in Zoom. You looking at me? You looking at me? Is that what you're doing? You I, roll your eyes at me. Out loud. Out loud. <laughs> I can hear that I roll over here. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. The, well, the commitment thing, it's interesting. Because I think that's the only reason that I stay sober is because I'm committed to it every day. And, and that's one thing that I've always done. And I, and I always say this, I don't know why I'm willing to do it. I don't know why. I'm sure there's a little bit of cup of fear in there, uh, a teaspoon of um, pride and ego. I'm sure there's a little bit of... Um, release serenity in there maybe a cup of that too but I think that that commitment um to stay where I'm at or get better stay or improve has been there I always say I'm doing at least one thing every day for my recovery at least today I'm doing about 30 things yeah you've had overdose commitment (laughs) So I wonder when this is over and we come back to whatever our new normal is going to be, what I I do, I try not to forecast and I try not to predict, but I do wonder what's going to stick. And like you said, Vicki, you're so immersed right now, more so than anybody I know, um, like 10 times more immersed in this um, constant. This is, this is your constant. So I wonder, um, of course, you're probably going to have like a little bit of grieving you know, because it's going to be a big part of your life was suddenly pulled away or taken out. I actually really like being able to get to a meeting every day, though. 
Because a lot of the time, the reason I don't go is because you just can't fit it in with other stuff, like making dinner. And like the time is just off, like the commute it would take to get to that specific place at that time. And you have to let the dog out. So you can't, you know, I'm not got to go to Itasca before I go out to Elgin or whatever. And it's just so nice to be able to not have a commute to the meeting. And I know there's nothing that will replace the rooms and the human interaction and all of that. And that is such a big part of the program, but I hope they continue at least like a little bit or something, you know, it'd be nice. I, the the eight, eight o'clock speaker meetings have literally changed me. They have been so good. They, and I'm so proud of that. Like that, that I do have a little cup of, maybe this is first thought wrong. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm proud of it because I made I did not think it would happen. And I made sure I was adamant about having a speaker meeting. And, and I know there have been some amazing speakers. I have a lady speaking next week. That's amazing. Peter M is going to speak for us. There's somebody else, a woman person that is a circuit speaker that might speak for us. Tonight, Joe, one of my friends, Joe C from Scotland is speaking. And he's going to be up eight o'clock our time is two in the morning, mm-hmm. their time. So he's, he's staying up or he's going to go to sleep and wake up to do his talk. I mean, it's, there's some really cool speakers. Um, I just had a thought, Vicki, our speaker meetings are open, correct? Mm-hmm. So what this means to our listeners is that anyone can attend these. You can message us either on Instagram or Facebook or our email address to get the code and the password if you would like to attend a speaker meeting, because it's like Vicki said, these people are amazing. The stories that they share, the, the very personal things that have happened to them to get them to the place that they just said, finally, I'm done. I can't do this on my own. And when you surrender and you commit and you have faith, all of the stuff that we've been talking about for the last 12 weeks now about the principles, it's like having true testimonies. I can't say enough. Um, how powerful it is to have that human connection and a personal story to tie all of this stuff together. So. And I think that's just given me a lot of faith too, is, you know, when I go to a meeting, all the people that are there, all the people that are sober another day, just even on the like Facebook page, people are announcing, you know, I'm, I'm like just getting sober or I've been sober. I'm 32 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, that's, a real big um, commitment bolster of my faith, <laughs> you know, but it's a commitment of all these people that are in recovery. And it goes to show me that I want to stay committed. When I see people that have 34, I mean, the lady that's going to speak for me coming up here, she has over 30 years of recovery, right? Um, Our friend celebrated 32 years, I believe, and spoke. And what I love is the part of recovery that everybody does a little differently, but the themes are the same. and And it seems the people that have stayed for a long period of time, that core commitment to the simple way of living is there. What you were talking about, Lynn, the principles, Mm -hmm. they live by the principles. And if they don't, they try to make amends and they continue to take personal inventory and they do this. 
and and it's for me very inspiring and gives me a, a, a lot of hope that I can continue on this journey and live a full life. Can I share a quick story? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> have to ask that but I wouldn't it's it's a little bit long um so I was talking to a friend of mine that lives locally the other day and she works for a, a church and um they've been trying to figure out how to engage their congregants they have a pretty large size of population that's older and of course they do their online Sunday services and they've been attending that and they've had pretty good response so they're feeling a little more confident about technology being accessible to these people so they were brainstorming her and the group of elders or whatever the church were brainstorming about things to do to get their people um committed or engaged and someone said she's a mother of a young child and they said you know what if you did something parents could do activities with their kids and she said sure but that's not there we only have like two other families that have small kids so I don't really know if that's the best use of my time and she said I am much more interested in wellness because she's this last year has really turned over a leaf and has changed her life because of it and so they kept talking and then the pastor said can we t- can we tie in a spiritual component to that she's like, I think that's a great idea. And then this gentleman who's in her church, she didn't know anything about his background, raised his hand in the Zoom meeting and said, um, he is recently retired, but he, his career, he was an addiction counselor. And he is a big believer in the 12 steps. And he said, why can't, he said, I've always said everybody needs to do the 12 steps. It's a way to live your life. So they're going to do it conjoined the wellness component with the steps. So he'll do a first step and it'll be about spirituality and then she's going to tie in wellness. So they're starting that program. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that. It just, you know, and again, that's that God thing of bringing people together. And, and it's, that's what I love about what we do here is that even though we're talking about a program of sobriety, it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody can get something from this. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. So people not even in addiction or recovery are going to get to work the 12 steps. Yeah. And I remember when I first uh, was going through the 12 steps, I told my sponsor, I'm like, why didn't I have this 10 years ago when I was in therapy? Yeah, when I was in therapy, I was still getting high and then lying about it. <laughs> Me too. And I was like, why isn't this working? Why don't my antidepressants work? <laughs> exact same thing, Brie. Why am I still anxious all the time? <laughs> why am I controlling crazy bitch? Because I need to... <laughs> or Vicky, why aren't these self-help books working? <laughs> Well, I did do the same thing though. I lied to my therapist for seven years before I came clean. I wish I, I don't even know that therapist anymore. She like moved to San Francisco, but I wish I could like find her and be like, Hey, you th- I just, in case you thought I was like a lost cause and just didn't listen to anything you said, like, this is really what was going on. And I'm really sorry. I wasted all your time. I will Probably. never forget when I told my therapist that I was an alcoholic to look on her face and I'm like, Oh, I'm good. And that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, I am really good at this hiding game. Cause she, was, <laughs> I mean, it was total shock on her face. <laughs> I thought you were meaning like, oh, I'm good. Like, don't worry about me. I'm good. But you were, you mean like, oh, I'm, I'm real sneaky. Nobody even, my therapist didn't even catch up. Okay. Yep. That's pretty good. I do think though, even though I lied, I did get a lot of, 
a lot out of it in terms of managing my life with my anxiety. And I think when I came into the program, because I had been in therapy for so long, I was able to communicate my feelings. I was more aware of what my feelings were. So I do think there was a benefit to it for me, even though I was lying, I was still, I was still seeking it. Right. I was still seeking a solution. So yeah, I, I just left and did a one hitter on the car on the way out the driveway. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't think anyone could ever say they didn't get something out of therapy if they walk through the doors and, and say, I need help. Yeah. You know, um, but it, I think you're right, Vicki. It helped me to understand the language better when I did start the program because I kind of was already immersed in that. And she was the first person to introduce me to mindfulness. Hmm. Mindfulness. All right. So we got to have faith. Is that what we um, decided? We got to have some commitment to that faith. Got to have faith. faith, faith. George, Michael, bless you wherever you are. Thank you. (laughs) Baby. (laughs) And he had that badass BSA motorcycle on that video, remember? Yeah, and he had a great booty too. Yeah, he did. He was a cutie. Was was he in a band too, though? Wasn't was he in a band? Wham, Wham. That's right. Wham. And it, initially, it was Wham UK, and then they shortened yep. it to Wham. Wake, wake me up before you go go. <laughs> me hanging on the line. They wore like white, all white, all the time, <laughs> or just in the music. Video? No, for that video. Oh, okay, it was a good video though. Yes, I hope it was before Labor Day. It was. Bu- <laughs> Okay, Miss Junior League. <laughs> it was before you were born. I'm no, wait, what year were you born? I was an 80s baby. What year? 89. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was way before you were born. Straight out of Compton. That was 88. <laughs> I was in college. They paved the way for me. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess, are we ready to go to Golden Nuggets, I guess? <laughs> golden Nuggets. I have so many. May I? Please. Please. <laughs> um, thank you, Bree, for pointing out third step is about control. And that was always my my gig is when I felt anxious, the only way I knew how to try to make the situation right was to try to control it. And, you know, that always ended up being a shit show. Um understanding that my will is my thoughts and my life are my actions. That was a huge light bulb for me. And uh, Vicki, when you were talking about your commitment and what makes your commitment, I wrote down the recipe of emotions to maintain commitment. I love that, that you put it in my, my, my terms of understanding as a recipe, a cup of this, a dash of that, a teaspoon of that. I loved it. So I, I've got that, my new little mantra of the recipe of emotions to maintain commitment. Lynn, can you put together a recipe for us of that? <laughs> well, mine will be individualized. I don't know if I really can do that for each person. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. I just want to see yours. I think those. I think stuff like that is so cute when people do recipes for things and they're like... Yeah. Um, I thought you wanted me to make one for you. And I'm like, well, I can certainly control that situation and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you need to make your spirit. I was saying... Something about spiritual banana bread, so we can just move on from that. <laughs> and I thought it was spiritual fitness. 
<laughs> well, because you were making a spiritual fitness recipe, so I was calling it spiritually spiritual banana bread recipe or something. <laughs> That's a bad joke. It's probably why the Zoom cut us off. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, bad joke alert. No bad joke alert. Zoom cannot support your idiocracy. <laughs> Your butt okay, no. Your butt okay, no. Lynn, you haven't given us a grandpa joke lately. Oh. But I, I will tell you what my golden nugget is. Mm-hmm. My golden nugget is what you said in the beginning about how you're mostly in faith, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you feel connected. I said it again. And um, that that you, when you get there, when you get to that fear, you tip in, in that point, you try to wash it away. You try to wash it away. And that's what I need to keep coming back to. Just wash it away. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I do. I like that too. And I also, my golden nugget was the will is the thought and life is the action. Mm-hmm. That was that was my Joe and, Joe and Charlie, pink, my pink sign. Yeah, because um, yeah. I for, I feel like I've heard that before, but I forget it sometimes. And so on a day to day, when when practicing that, I can try to because it's sometimes not always the. It's the thoughts that turn into the actions, right? So it's like, if you can just cut off the, the thought, if I, if I could cut off the thought that I'm angry, I probably won't raise my voice at you. And so I, I got to just turn it over and just being yeah. more conscious of it. You know, what am I trying to control here? Mm-hmm. I am not, I am not in charge. I am not in control. Or like, why do I want the control? Like, why is it so important to question that too? You know, why is it so important that I have the control? Here's an interesting, interesting thought based on what you just said. When I got sober at the beginning, I remember me and my sister were outside one of the clubs and we were smoking. And I said, wow, life is so much easier when you try to do this, when you just trust and don't try to manipulate and control every single little thing that's going on. I was doing so much extra work. I was a tryhard. It was, and it was making it worse. It was like, it's such a, it's such an interesting push and pull thing. It is. I felt that way this morning. And then I was like, well, because I had accidentally flaked on another commitment and I was getting real stressed and anxious about it. And I was thinking, okay, what can I say? What am I going to, can I push this? Can I do this? What, you know? And it was finally like, it is what it is. You know, I'm going to get to the podcast when I get to the podcast. I missed the other meeting. That meeting is over, whatever, you know, and just moving forward thinking like, Hey, all is well. And if it was supposed to happen another way, it would have, but it just didn't, it didn't happen that way. So that's just not how it was supposed to happen, I guess. And you did the really important thing, Brie, of not trying to make excuses or make it someone else's fault. You owned it. And then you're able to let it go. And, and that's part yes. of that, that really important part to, you don't just automatically accept things or let them go. You've got to do something to get you to that space. And you owned it. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing. It's hard to remember lies now, you know, and I don't have to. And I remember listening to the speaker last night talk about learning to tell the truth and sometimes just telling a story and halfway through the story, you're like, that's not even true. I I'm, I'm lying right now. And I have done that so many times in sobriety. Now I remember saying it to my coworker once I was telling a story and I go, this is not even true. 
I'm, and she goes, what, you're just making this up? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know why. I just started telling the story and it's, it's not even true. And she was like, okay. And she just was kind of, she kind of thought it was funny. Thank God. But it's like, why am I doing this? But it's like, I wanted to control something. I'm sure. I'm sure it had to do with her, like controlling a perception of her that she had of me or something. So well, but yeah, I to get off the tangent there. No, but it's funny because we, when we're specifically when I'm gossiping, right. So specifically when I was in gossip land, I would exaggerate things so much and so well. And, and you think you wonder, because I do believe that you can sense when somebody is fibbing. I think there's just something about it that you can sense there's unauthenticity or I don't know what the right word is, but I wonder, I mean, Lynn, you were so good. Your therapist didn't even know, but I wonder if she knew there was something wrong, but she just couldn't put her finger on it. It's interesting. Yeah, she totally did. Totally. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. I was, I was really good. I was good at not straight up lies, but embellishing. I was the embellisher because for whatever reason, I thought whatever I said wasn't important enough or sensational enough. So I always had to yes. add something to it. Yeah. Which is it's that playing small. Well, it's that playing small. And then we, you know, the daily reflections talks exactly about this. It's about the inferiority we feel and but then we are you know we think that we're so important at the same time so it's very interesting um I did think of something I want to share with you that's completely off topic but if I don't tell you now I'll forget thank you Vicky for the <laughs> comic relief um I love when we're on zoom meetings and people are forget they're on video and they're playing with their hair and doing all this crazy stuff it cracks me up um so I realized yesterday and today is the 46th anniversary of the first tornado I was in. Oh, the first tornado? How many are you in? Pardon? How many have you been in? Two. Uh, This was when I was six. I hadn't quite turned six. I was five. And it was a supercell. It's like famous. It went through Kentucky and Ohio and Indiana. Um, There was like 30 some people that died in Xenia. And then the town next to me, 20 some people died. And so I remember I was at my babysitters. My sister was at home with my dad. My mom was at work. Dad came to get me. And there were people just walking. My town it was a town of 1200. It was tiny. There were people just walking out in the street. It was like blood pouring down their faces. It was just, the town was like demolished. Wow. I'm sorry. That's yeah horrific. How old were you to see that? I was five. So um, the cool thing that happened from this was this is what started um, tornado drills in schools. It started neighborhood tornado sirens. Um, They sped up the uh, work on the Doppler radar to where it um, got finished a lot sooner than they originally would have done it because they realized all the things that was lacking because of this outbreak and people couldn't get warned in time. So because, again, something terrible, horrific happened and a lot of lives were lost, but so much good came from it. And when I was in my second tornado in Nashville, um, I was in my car and it had been drilled into my head when I was a kid, the worst place to be is a car. And when I was in the tornado, I kept chanting to myself, the worst place to be is a car, the worst place to be is a car, but I couldn't get out. So I did, as I was trained, I got down to the lowest point I could and put a coat over my head and it protected me from getting injured because a steel beam came through my driver's side door and I'd gotten over into the passenger side floorboard. 
Lynn, this is insane. Yeah. I've never heard this story before. I thought I told you. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you you literally this is like a final destination story and you've never <laughs> told us this. And then the steel beam came through the driver's side window. Yeah. But I was on the floor. Yeah. All, all the windows in my car exploded and um the beam came through my driver's side door. Wow. I'm glad yeah. you're okay. Were you yeah. drunk? Were you drunk? No, I was at work and um, there have been storms all day and sirens all day because that's how it is down there. They get lots of bad storms. And I had to leave work to go pick up catering equipment because we had a job the next morning and they were closing at 3.30. So I had to leave and it was 3.15. I will never forget this. And I pull out and I'm turning left on Charlotte, which is a main thoroughfare from where I worked. And the cloud was going, it was a big cloud. It was going two different directions and it was green. And then my ears popped because the pressure dropped. And I went, Oh fuck, that's a tornado. It was a wall cloud. It wasn't one of the little cyclones. And I looked in my rear view mirror and the building behind me looked like it took a deep breath and all the bricks flew off. So I drove across the intersection, was going to get out of the car because I'm thinking the worst place to be is a car. They always tell you to get down in a ditch or something. And by the time I got over there, there was too much debris flying. So I couldn't get out of my car. So I got into the passenger floorboard and I had a coat in my car from because it had been raining and put it over my head and it's funny because it was a new car it was my first new car I'd ever bought and when I first pulled over something hit it and I'm like oh my car scratched (laughs) okay Lynn why is the car the worst place to be remind me because it can get picked up and thrown oh it can okay and it's the only reason I think it didn't is because I pulled in close enough to this gas station so the wind was kind of stopped there it couldn't get there was no lift because it was rocking. I mean, I really thought I was dying. And the thing that I kept thinking that was running through my head is, I don't want to die alone like this. I don't want to die alone. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it through both tornadoes. Yeah. yeah. So and alcoholism <laughs> and... survival. My name is Lynn. Try to fuck with me. I'm not a bad <laughs> so tornado awareness people uh, tornado you know, I have a question <laughs> with that thought um Bree, when you were in grade school did you do tornado drills yes okay just checking you're welcome yeah, yeah thank you you're going to you that. <laughs> all right well I think that's it did everyone say their golden nugget I think we did yes. yeah all right well um I've got nothing else. Just come visit us. If you want more information on meetings, please visit us. Uh, We can certainly tell you where to go. Um, And we love you all and hope you are be kind to yourself and others. That's my, my mantra right now. Be kind to yourself and others. And have faith. Have faith. And be well. Tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thanks for listening. We're so excited you're here. Please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. You can find us and join our tribe at Telling On Ourselves on Instagram and Facebook. Tribe out.